0: It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week.
1: Take the quiz every weekday at quiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did.
2: Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at quiz.fox.
3: Live from everywhere
4: USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh man, here we go, here we go. Coming to you live. From the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who did not win the South Carolina primary going away. No, ma'am. Donald Trump just opening up a can on Nikki Haley.
0: Get her out. Get her out of here.
4: She says she's not leaving anytime soon. But we have ventured into full-blown Milton from office space territory. Remember where Milton gets fired uh, but refuses to leave the building, keeps showing up in the basement? Uh, Haley, very much. (laughs) I don't know what the strategy is. We're going to try to figure it out. Uh, But the media unveiling their strategy. And it seems an awful lot like we're going to get a replay of the Mueller controversy, the one that they circulated in the aftermath of the 2016 election. It was made up by these sick people. There's that. And they're certainly going all in on more allegations of racism.
5: The media is a bunch
4: of losers. It's a real ugly time in our politics. If you're wondering why the show sounds as loose as it is. I mean, also partly Probably half in the bag from yesterday. We had a Sunday dinner at my mom's house. Fat,
3: drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. Well, it
4: was a fabulous way to go through the weekend. So, if you watched Fox News Saturday night, uh, this bud is for you. Uh, it was great to take over the live coverage after the South Carolina primaries. We had a big audience. Brett Baer was phenomenal. Tony Robbins, the panel, and of course you, the viewer, and clap for you. Uh, But as we get back to my main gig, uh, 888-788-9910, if you'd like to be a part of this week's goings-on. These are my last couple of days in New York, and then I finally get back on the road. But 888-788-9910, you know the rules, be a Republican, be a Democrat, just don't be a There it is. Happy Monday. Uh, The weekend's uh, Friday in Idaho Falls. I'll be out there, all the KID listeners. uh, You can see me at the Colonial Theater, Friday night in Idaho Falls. My cousin Tommy will be there as well. I'm bringing an entourage. And then Saturday, we are on to Sacramento. We'll be at the Crest Theater in Sacramento, California. If you want tickets to either of those or any other event I do live, it is foxacrossamerica.com. And the only thing I'll say in regards to those events is it is really – Really, like, almost refreshing and inspiring and, you know, to a larger extent, humbling in my case to see just how many good-hearted people are fans of this show. That's what you'll find at my shows. You won't find idiots. No fights. Uh, Everybody's kind of funny. The Q&As are hilarious. The questions are funnier than I am on stage. Uh, They're great. Like, everybody's a character. People dress like me. But the one thing they have all in common is, you know, they're in on the joke. If you live in this country, you've kind of hit the lottery. So the whole point of being here is to just have fun. Freedom! Well, this tour, uh, the Everybody Calm Down tour, is the ultimate permission slip to have fun because we have pulled the goalie completely. Uh, as it pertains to politics, uh, we have still not pulled Nikki Haley. Uh, the tally, wow. She, she pulled in about 39.5% of the vote. Trump nearly broke the 60% threshold. He got 598 But to hear Haley's reaction... We are a long way from home. Here it is, clip one.
2: I said earlier
6: this week that no matter what happens in South Carolina, I would continue to run for president. I'm a woman of my word. I'm not giving up this fight when a majority of Americans disapprove of both Donald Trump and Joe Biden.
4: Now, to that last point, she is correct. A majority of Americans, 70% of Americans, don't want a rematch between Trump and Biden. And to be clear, both Biden and Trump are historically unpopular. And that's something you have to own. If you're a Democrat, yeah, you're supporting Biden. He's historically unpopular. If you're a Republican, you're supporting Trump. He's historically unpopular. Their negatives are higher than their positives. This is unprecedented in a presidential election. So she's not wrong. There's only one small problem in her case is any argument. As it pertains to her ability to win the general election. Would involve her winning this nomination. That's true. That is true. And the problem is she has zero chance of winning this nomination.
3: He knows what he's talking about. Brett
4: Baer was on my TV show Saturday night. I have just flat out asked him, hey, did you see any weird metric, any exit poll data about Trump getting convicted? Anything that tells you Nikki Haley could somehow win this nomination? And he said (laughs) no. Uh Brett Bear, phenomenal guest. He actually did a great Trump impression. It was hilarious. He said Brett Bear said he would beat Trump in golf. Wrong. <laughs> I know you might. Brett played in college. He's hilarious. Did a great Trump impression. Uh, it was a high honor to have him on the show. But as we got into the particulars around the GOP race, it's, you know, Trump's going to be the nominee. I, you know, I'm not going to live this charade of he's not going to somehow have that majority support within the party. Is general election going to be difficult? Yes. Okay, and there is some talk out there that Nikki Haley wants to be a no-labels candidate because that effort still doesn't have a nominee. But as far as the most current polling we have, Trump leads Biden overall, leads Biden in the swing states. And if, in fact, third-party candidates like RFK are factored in, Trump's support – actually goes up and Biden's goes down. Oh, oh, I'm in trouble. So Biden's in a really bad place. In terms of what, you know, their strategy is going to be, we know it. They're going to minimize him. You're going to get a redux of 2020 where there were more Bigfoot sightings than Biden sightings. Okay, straight up. If you told somebody in the summer of 2020, you saw Biden campaigning, they're like, "Let me guess, was he with Elvis and the Loch Ness Monster?" Hey, Vinny, this guy says he saw Joe Biden. What a nut. You did see Joe, but no one even believed you. Okay, but we're going to see a little bit more of that. Okay, and what's happening now is the media is starting to make peace with us. You know, there was a faction of the media. They hate Trump. They obviously don't want him to be the nominee. Okay, and there was this fantasy that with all of these criminal indictments, they might just be able to get Trump off the ticket, but we're not there. Okay, every one of these indictments has, has hardened his support. Which means you can show me polls that say, ah, 30% of people say they won't vote for him if he's actually convicted. But I don't even know if that's ultimately going to hold up either because these indictments, our judicial system, has been so cheapened by the selective prosecutions we've seen that I don't think these convictions carry weight. I mean, Trump was held civilly liable for $83 million for unwanted touching against E. Gene Carroll. Okay, he owes $83 million dollars. Okay, that's that's official. And the support didn't go anywhere. So I don't know that a conviction's going to change anything. Okay, the Letitia James ruling where they just ordered him to pay like a half a billion dollars for a crime that has no victim. Trump is being charged with murder. There's no dead person. Meaning she's charging him with financial fraud, but none of the people who lent him money is alleging any actual fraud.
0: What in
7: the wide, wide world of sports is going
4: on here? It's a political prosecution. People see it, man. So I don't know that there's a conviction that's going to change this because people think the justice system is a sham right now, which means any hope Nikki has of winning the nomination would mean she'd need to beat him at the ballot box. And she's not currently leading in any state. So I like her. Like, I've enjoyed her on the show. And one of the best things I can say about her is, you know, politics makes people very emotional and people form opinions of politicians based not on familiar interactions with them, but, you know, media narratives buzzwords of neocon or rhino or globalist she was a really good conservative governor in south carolina okay which leads me to believe she'd probably be a good executive officer here in this country okay you could say otherwise but then you have to also make peace with the fact that trump hired her to run the united nations and thought she did a damn good job doing it and praised her at every turn so you can't have this transactional no that never happened she sucks. she's a rhino OK, but also in the next breath, think Trump's going to turn the country around because if you hate every single person he hired last time because they're all, you know, strategically divorced from one another now. OK, then you'd be kidding yourself if you said he's going to put all the right people in place this time. I think he's got a part. OK, but that being said, he's going to be the one making this decision. Trump is going to win the Republican nomination. Is Biden going to stay on the ticket? I don't know, man. I I, I think it's. You know, almost shameful that they'd keep him there. I think it's shameful of him that, in his you know fleeting moments of seniority, he'd want to stay there. If in fact that's the case, uh, because the guy's in no shape to lead. But that doesn't mean there's a point in Nikki Haley sticking around. And here is even CNN admit CNN, who believe me, they don't want to do this. CNN is the worst. But the last thing they want to do is acknowledge it's kind of working for Trump. Here they are begrudgingly doing so. Uh, clip six. Overwhelming uh, results in uh, in South Carolina. We um, uh, called it right at the top of the hour as soon as the polls closed. Back to
7: the team here uh, in New York. Um, listen, you've heard a lot of Trump speeches.
8: Yeah, I mean, R.I.P. the Reagan GOP. There's something so jarring about watching Lindsey Graham and Tim Scott, all of who condemned him after January 6, lining up to do their best campaign rally impersonation and saying this is the most qualified yeah, I mean, man uh, to be president. The
4: night of January 6th, Lindsey Graham was saying he was, you know,
8: I'm done, done with enough, him. Enough. Enough. Yeah, enough. I, um, I mean, listen, it is the greatest political comeback in history. So, just three years ago, he was done in the party, and it only took a matter of months before he came back and handily won in Nikki Haley's
4: home state. So uh, give him credit for that, because it's true. Donald Trump was a guy left, you know, for political death at, in a post-January 6th world. They're like, well, this guy's... Never coming back to politics wrong here he is and he's in the lead and understand this is only possible. Because of just how bad the Democrats have done running the country, and there's no excuse for that. The Democrats controlled the Senate. They controlled the House when Biden got sworn in. I don't remember that ever happening. And what they did is they presided over a radical expansion of government spending. Using COVID first as a justification for a lot of pet projects that flooded the market with more currency than we had available goods, thus driving inflation. Then they came back and tried to lower that inflation by passing something called the Climate – the Inflation Reduction Act, which was a bill that increased spending on the climate. What a fraud. But that's why we're in the position that we're in. They opened up the border. They spent us into oblivion. They blundered it their way to World War, the brink of World War III in the Middle East. Okay, and there's a huge appetite for the previous presidency. That's Nikki Haley's biggest problem. That's Ron DeSantis' biggest problem. Is they're running for the presidency on potential energy? Meaning, hey, you know... They could potentially be good if we get them into office. Trump represents kinetic energy as a president, meaning you've already seen what the Trump economy looked like. It was better than Biden's. You've seen what the Trump border looked like. It was better than Biden's. You see what Trump policy looks like. It was better than Biden's. Biden sucks. Okay, as a president, he's horrific. And that's the biggest problem people have had going up against Trump. I like Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley off the air, she's cool. She cares about the country. She doesn't actually sit there and, like, abandon the character you were just interviewing and become this whole other person. But me, the fact that I like Nikki Haley personally is one of the reasons I'm being so painstakingly honest about the state of this race, okay? She's not winning the nomination, okay? If she wants to go third party, no labels, Fine. Okay, it is America. You have the right to run. There's nothing that says you can't stay in the race and make this harder on Trump. There's nothing that says you don't have the right if, in fact, he's convicted of trying to sell yourself to voters as the safer alternative in the general election. She do all those things. It's America. She has every one of those rights. Okay, and we'd be un-American to tell her otherwise. So I'm fine with her staying in if that's what she so chooses. But I think we need to know the difference between like a goal and a fantasy. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Because a goal would imply that it's attainable. A fantasy would be the fact that it's not. And if we learned anything in South Carolina, it's Nikki Haley, who's been very pleasant on this show. Uh, She was even great when I had her on the TV show. She's also been a lot of fun to talk to off the air. Uh, But in terms of winning the GOP nomination, that is no longer a goal. It's just a fantasy.
9: And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit.
3: He's the host you shouldn't get too close to. There's a lot of things about me you don't know anything about, Daddy. Things you wouldn't understand. Things you couldn't understand. Things you shouldn't understand. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
4: You want to know why nobody takes the media seriously? This is so funny. Here's Lawrence O'Donnell on MSNBC, minute after the polls open. Now, lo and behold, okay, he's saying this, and we don't even know what the South Carolina numbers are yet. All we know is that Trump won South Carolina, clinching it in literally the first 10 seconds that the networks went live. Here is Lawrence O'Donnell with a straight face, Trying to tell you this is a disastrous, (laughs) this is a disastrous night for Donald Trump. Straight clown stuff. Listen to this. uh, Clip seven.
6: How is Joe Biden looking at this
7: 37 percent? These numbers are disastrous for Donald Trump. Disastrous. okay? <laughs> it's the reason I mentioned that the big forgotten number of South Carolina, which is Joe Biden getting 96%. Okay, that's what you're supposed to get, oh. all right? And Donald Trump's not going to come close to that. Donald Trump's going to leave 30%, I don't know, 25%, whatever it is. of 37%.
6: The vote.
7: Not yet, we don't know. We don't know what the result of this election is tonight. But it's but disastrous. It, It's going to be a very <laughs> substantial number. It could be a third of the vote. He's going to leave that
4: on the table, belonging to another candidate. You are so full of <laughs> he goes He goes, these numbers are disastrous for Donald Trump. Disastrous. We don't know what they are yet. That was embarrassing. <laughs> we don't know what they are yet, but they're disastrous. Well, That's the dumbest thing I've heard of. Of course it is, and its performance are. Because when he brings up Biden in South Carolina, because, he, you know, again, so much of what MSNBC is, It's a confidence scheme in the sense that they're just selling self-righteousness and moral superiority to people who hate Trump and hate conservatives because they're rich white people who hate themselves and feel a sense of guilt over the fact that they enjoy a level of prosperity that you or I could not dare dream of. But rather than going out and having fun with the money and everything in between, they just sit home and hate you and me. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Okay, but understand this. When Lawrence O'Donnell tries to give you the metric, and this is the confidence scheme. Well, you look at Biden in South Carolina. Biden got 96% South Carolina. He's not going to get to 96% in South Carolina. There's only one small nut problem here, okay? Biden wasn't running against anybody in South Carolina. Ah, oh, you have a good eye, my man. Okay, yeah, you could tell me Dean Phillips snuck his way onto the ballot by, you know, going to, like, a ground round with five of his friends and claims he was a candidate. Okay, Marianne Williamson, none of these people were platformed by the Democratic Party, meaning Trump is is running against people who have had five debates on national television, who have done repeated town halls on the biggest news networks in the world and also CNN. Okay, Nikki Haley is out there spending more right now in television advertising than even Joe Biden is because the Democrats are pretending that he's not being primaried. Okay, Joe Biden was primaried by multiple Democrats and the party was like, nope, we're just going to pretend that's not a thing. Uh, We're not having debates. Okay, there's not going to be any DNC support for your candidates. In fact, we're going to reconfigure the primary schedule so South Carolina can go first. Biden won't even have to show up. James Clyburn anoints who the person's going to be in South Carolina. And away we go. So Biden got 96 percent against nobody. Okay, Trump got 60 to 60 percent against somebody very prominent, somebody who happens to be beating Joe Biden by 17 points in the general election, which is Nikki Haley. So when Lawrence O'Donnell is out there saying, oh, these are such a disastrous (laughs) number for Trump. Don't get me wrong. We haven't seen the numbers yet, but I can just tell they're disastrous.
3: Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here.
4: It really is like clown stuff. But that's what we've been brought down to in this day and age. We're just watching circus art now. So silly. There it is, Fox Across America, your main man, Jimmy Fallon. We're going to get into some of your calls, text, tweets, carrier pigeons, whatever you sent. Get can email us. Does, yeah, we're old school. Everybody's welcome. It's the point. just want to have conversations. 888-788-9910. It is a Monday on the radio. I'll be on your TV tonight with Jesse Waters in the 8 p.m. hour on the Fox News channel. Uh, but right now I am here with you and Joe Cunningham, who is the uh, head of the No Labels director. He's the director of the No Labels party. They're looking for a candidate. Here he is bringing up the idea of Nikki Haley going third party, clip nine. This has been a project uh, to
7: essentially give Americans another choice if they're unhappy with the presumptive nominees, which, you know, it appears is going to be Trump versus Biden right now but we don't know. Nikki Haley, she's going kind to of remain in the race. You can't count her out completely. Uh and hats off to her for staying in it and for sticking with it. But we're looking for great quality people, folks that have broad appeal to independents, Democrats, Republicans. And um and yeah, I mean Nikki Haley is somebody we we'd definitely be interested in.
4: Oh man, so that is uh the no labels That would constitute a third-party run for Nikki at that point. Now, there's never been a better opening for a third-party candidate to win this thing than the one we're looking at right now. Uh, But most polling indicates they would likely— play spoiler, meaning cost one of the two major party nominees the nomination by pulling from that candidate while ultimately failing to reach the White House themselves. And I think that's the metric for Nikki Haley is she does believe she's better than Trump in the general election. I actually personally believe she's better than Trump. I do generally. I mean, I'd take Trump over Biden in a second. I'd take him over any Democrat out there. But I'm just talking about chances of winning. I don't mean she's a better leader. I don't mean she's more respected on the world. I don't mean any of that. Okay, and in a lot of ways, she'd just be enacting Trump policies. But understand in the general, the fact that you could be selling Trump policies without the Trump baggage is actually something that would give you a better chance of winning the whole thing. That's true. That is true. That being said, if the calculus to go third party means she's ultimately not going to win the whole thing if she doesn't get the Republican nomination and goes third party, Then she'd be just giving the country over to Joe Biden, and if you think Republican voters hate Nikki Haley now, uh, Biden winning re-election in a race that also features Nikki Haley would be the actual end of her political career. That is correct. So I don't know that she's dying to go third party. I think she's just trying, you know, to reverse the sentiment within the party she belongs to, and uh, sadly for her, not having a lot of luck doing it. Okay, everything you need to know. About whether or not it's going to be Trump, can be summed up in how the media is now reacting. The media has gone back to full-blown Russia, like straight Russia. Not even you know all the other stuff. Ah, oh, the tweets, or the you know the, the mean tweets. They're going Russia right now. Okay, it is not even March yet. Okay, we are who? Are we almost nine months from Election Day? Nine months.
3: I got a bad feeling about this.
4: It's only going to get worse if you're listening to where we are in terms of the Russia narrative. Here is Jen Psaki. Remember Jen Psaki? She came into the White House uh, to be the press secretary. At a... Psaki sucks. Kaylee was so much better. A lot of people felt that way. But here is Psaki. Flat out asking Nancy Pelosi, what kind of dirt do the Russians have on Trump? Like with a straight face, they're going back to Putin holds the cards over Trump, meaning they've just rebooted a conspiracy theory. The biggest conspiracy theory in the history of our lives was that Vladimir Putin had seized control of the American government. Do you realize how preposterous that is? Like faking a moon landing means, you know, a bunch of people said we went to the moon. They showed up in a studio, filmed it, and away we went. Everybody thought we went to the moon, but, you know, you could look at the clues and maybe we didn't go. That's a conspiracy theory. And, and for as long as it's existed, we've been like, those are the craziest people who've ever lived. <laughs> Not even close. Faking a moon landing was nothing compared to Vladimir Putin has seized control of the American government. Like, think of how preposterous that is. The only conspiracy I can think any higher than that in terms of you're a moonbat is there were a lot of people who said getting the vaccine would stop you from getting COVID. I mean, man.
3: Step into my office. Why? Because you're fired.
4: I'm Biggest conspiracy theory ever. Okay, but all the big conspiracy theories do come from the left these days. Okay, believe me, they told you with a straight face. You could not get covid if you were vaccinated.
1: It means that instead of the vaccine being able, excuse me, it means for instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person to person, spreading and spreading, sickening some of them, but not all of them. And the ones that it doesn't sicken and don't know they have it. And then they give it to even more people because they didn't recognize they were right instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person potentially mutating and becoming more virulent and drug-resistant along the way, now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. It cannot use a vaccinated person as a host to go get more people.
2: That means
1: the vaccines will get us to the end of
4: this just a straight moonbat okay a moonbat who also told you day in and day out that russia controlled our government i mean you're talking about next level conspiracies okay but here's jen saki on msnbc going right back in on putin's got dirt on trump clip 24
8: we're all wondering this question speaker will what do you think putin has on him I mean, it sure seems like something, as you've said a few times, given that he refuses to criticize him, that he seems to be a Mm fanboy of him.
6: Are are you worried at all? Well, you know, during the Mueller... Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. uh, First of all, first of all, we must be sure that he does not step one foot into the White House. (laughs)
4: That's so funny. We must be sure... That he doesn't step foot in the White House, Russia, the Mueller probe. I mean, she's worse than Kamala. It ain't pretty. okay? but but understand this. Here's the rest of the Pelosi answer, because she's there. They're in like, we got to bring back Russia. This is what we're back to now. Clip 25. And now we
6: have someone who had the honor of serving in the White House, didn't consider it an honor didn't consider his oath of office to protect and defend the Constitution. And th- on this week, speaking out the way he did about N- Navalny shows you that he is a person without values. He looks like he's going to be a person without dollars either, but the values are what concern us. Yes, the, the dollars so maybe I don't know what con- he has on them, but I think it's probably financial. I think it's probably financial, either something financial he has on or something on the come.
4: Nancy Pelosi is a total dingbat. But, I mean, we're living in the death of shame. Like, we had a Mueller probe, guys. They spent $33 million on the Democrat claim that the election was stolen. You know that whole thing you're not supposed to do, you should die in prison if you say an election was stolen? The Democrats spent $33 million taxpayer dollars on their own conspiracy that the election was stolen. Okay, $33 million. That $33 million found there was zero, none, not a little, Not some, not a bunch, but you couldn't prove anything. They found that there was zero contact between the Trump campaign and Russia. Yet they went on TV for three years every night alleging the opposite. Democrats are so full of crap. Why? Because they wanted Trump to self-destruct in a death by a thousand cut scenario. All those anonymously sourced bombshell reports. Trump's talking to Putin. The walls are closing in. And they were hoping Trump would get impatient, fire Mueller, create the perception that there was a there, there, at which point they'd go, see, he fired the investigator. We knew he was in bed with the Russians.
1: He should be behind bars. And it
4: would have been the end of the Trump presidency. And to this day, okay, history would show that Trump colluded with Russia to throw an election knowing full well that it didn't actually happen. Like, that's what they were gunning for. They were gunning to paint Trump over the annals of time as a man who stole an election with Russia. And they knew it wasn't true, but that was the play they were trying to run. That's just how white folks will do you. Okay, if he would have fired Mueller, there would have been a stampede within his own party to get rid of him because they would have went, whoa, what's he got to hide here? This ain't good. We can't have our faces on this. Get him out of here. And that's what they did. Okay, except the Mueller probe ran his course. Trump did not fire Mueller because he knew he had nothing to fear. And lo and behold, it was established that not only was there no contact, but the reason we even had a rumor regarding Trump and Russia is because the opposing Democratic campaign that summer gave the information to the FBI as concerned citizens. They went to the FBI and said, this has nothing to do with the campaign. We're just concerned citizens that Trump might be talking to Russia.
3: Come on, don't bullshit
4: me. Okay, and dropped off the document and then immediately picked up the phone, called all the reporters and said, hey, apparently the FBI's got some document and they're investigating Trump in Russia. This is politics as usual. And that's exactly what they did. Do you understand How dangerous that was for our country to have a president who was unable to fully utilize his powers because he was being undermined as a foreign agent controlling our government on behalf of a proxy in Moscow. It's the biggest conspiracy you've ever heard. But we're back to it again because they got to beat this guy somehow and nothing's sticking. Here's Jake Sullivan goes on MSNBC. He's the NSA advisor. And he says, yeah, no, we're real concerned. Russia 2024, clip 26.
2: As you know, the intelligence community has said that in 2016 and 2020, Russia interfered in the United States presidential elections. Are there concerns or is there even evidence that Russia is planning to interfere in the 2024 election, Jake?
7: I can't speak to evidence today, but I can tell you, of course, there are concerns. There is a history here in presidential elections uh, by the Russian Federation, by its intelligence services. And there's plenty of reason uh, to be concerned. And this is not about politics. This is about national security. It is about a foreign country, a foreign adversary, seeking uh, to manipulate the politics and democracy of the United States of America. We are going to be vigilant about that. And we will engage the Congress on a bipartisan basis because this should be above and beyond politics
4: okay great but you understand what's going on right now and i just want you to want you to know this okay right now trump is under 91 different indictments we've got multiple states trying to take him off the ballot why because he claimed they stole the election but you need to know that when if trump goes out and wins the general election in november of 2024 every single democrat is going to be telling you it's stolen He's a lousy dad, but he's right. They're laying the groundwork right now. What does Russia have on him? What kind of dirt does Putin have on him, Pelosi? Jake Sullivan at the NSA? No, we're concerned. Russia could be involved already. This isn't good. They want to get him back in. They're starting the storyline now because on the off chance that he wins the election, they're going to go right back into saying it's not legitimate. And some people say, oh, Jimmy, come on. How could you say that the Democrats would claim an election was stolen? How do you come up with that theory? By paying attention. The Democrats said the 2016 election was stolen. When they lost in 2004, John Kerry against George W. Bush, they said it was because Bush stole Ohio. When they lost the Al Gore election in 2000, it's because Bush stole Florida. OK, they've challenged the legitimacy of every single election they've lost in this century. But when they win one, they go, oh, the most secure election in history. It'd be immoral it would be treasonous to even question legitimacy of an election that's what they do here's dan goldman from new york he's on cnn flat out saying the current house of representatives is being used by russia you see the reason they're investigating biden is because they're tools of the kremlin the kremlin wants them to be investigating biden that helps putin this is what we're down to listen to this clip 27. not only is there
3: no evidence of any wrongdoing by president biden But it now appears as if the
4: House Republican majority is being used by Russia to interfere in the 2024 election on behalf of Donald Trump. If they continue with this investigation, they are simply doing the work of Vladimir Putin to help Donald Trump win an election in November. That's where we are. (laughs) You sound insane. Do you realize that you should be medicated? I mean, flat out told you, no, no, you got to stop investigating Biden or you're helping Putin, you see, like it's bananas. But they gin up these narratives because they're already laying the groundwork to discredit what is looking more and more likely like a defeat in the general election. Biden doesn't want to come off the ticket. Okay, the Democrats want him off. There's certainly a lot of high level conversations happening behind the scenes. Tell them like it is. But he don't want to come off. And absent that, they really can't get him off the ticket, no matter how much of a mess he happens to be. So they realize now the only way to avoid their worst nightmare is to weaponize the courts on the front end, 91 different indictments, all the negative polling you can ever imagine in terms of the character issues they're going to raise about Donald Trump. I mean, the only problem there is he's already been president once. He didn't ban black people. He didn't implement Sharia law against women. OK, foreigners weren't banned from coming to our country. All of that is a manufactured hysteria made up by the media. But you realize in this moment we're back to Russia because if it doesn't stop on the front end, they're going to try to knock him off on the back end.
7: So y'all need to hide your kids, had your wife and had your husband because they're raping
3: everybody out here. A show that's taking orders from the big man upstairs. We're on a mission from God. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
4: Everybody in the media is trying to work you up over Russia and racism and identity politics. Sometimes you just have to unplug, man. Watch an hour of comedy on Fox News Saturday night at 10 p.m. Michael watched this weekend. He's in Van, Texas. Yo, Michael.
9: Absolutely, my man. Can we hearken back to a better time in America, Jimmy, last Saturday night?
4: Would that be okay? (laughs) Give it to me. What do you know?
9: Another banger of a show, live no less. So, So we had the heavy hitters doing the election coverage, and then we roll into your keg party. How intense was that pressure being
4: live, my man? Oh, that's easy for me. No, I think it's easy because I'm on the radio live three hours a day anyway. So it's not like for me it feels any different. The only real difference is, Michael, you just got to make sure you don't curse (laughs) because there's no (laughs) bailing you out. Well.
9: That's exactly right. A lot of things can be fixed in post-production, but when it's live, well,
2: uh, there it is. (laughs) But it was smooth as
0: silk. How
4: about it? Well What'd you well think done. of Brett Bear's Trump impression? It was good, right? Oh, my gosh. That's
9: exactly. OK, that's what I was going to say. You know, you, you, you know how you feel when you're going along and something totally unexpected comes out of the blue and you go, oh, my gosh, what did I just see yep. Well, that's exactly how I felt when Mr. Politics. Uh-huh. Brett Baer broke out his Donald Trump impression.
4: How fantastic <laughs> it was, nuts. was that? It was nuts! Oh my man. gosh! Yeah, it was nuts. <laughs> uh, who knew? It, turned, it was like a real talent show. We had we had we had a lot of fun, man. Um, we're in negotiation with Lincoln's agent to get him on this week, but he might have an event at school, <laughs> so we don't well, know.
9: Wait a minute. We we can't gloss over Tony Robbins and your grandmother's horse joke. Holy cow. It was fantastic start to finish.
4: We are not messing around, Michael. I think you know that by now, but it's
9: great stuff.
4: I'm glad we got the Michael vote. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk Keep more. Keep it up. My Keep man. It up. We'll see you during the week. Keep playing good ball out there. The great Michael giving his review of Fox News Saturday. I actually agree with everything he said. Brett Bear was hilarious. Tony Robbins was Tony Robbins. I mean, my word. And then you did get to hear some dirty jokes from my grandma, Fela, along the way. Nobody's having more fun than us on TV or radio, for that matter. So don't go anywhere, because we need you. And we're back after this for another hour of madness on the big, bad, one and only Fox Across America.
3: Live from everywhere, USA, it's Fox Across America with
4: Jimmy Fela. Oh, girl, here we go. Here we go. Big hour coming up. With your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, we're going to be hanging with Kat Kamek, Florida Congresswoman, who uh, joins the party. The keg party, we call it. I might be conservative, uh, but I don't do a conservative talk show. I do an American talk show. Freedom! Anybody who wants to laugh along, take the issue seriously, but not take themselves seriously, uh, you certainly have a home in this audio safe space for cool people.
9: I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are.
4: No, ma'am. You can be a Republican, be a Democrat, Libertarian, Independent. The only thing we ever ask is that you don't be a... As we roll on, on a Monday, I'm back on the road this week. If you want to see me live, foxacrossamerica.com. This Friday, we're in Idaho Falls at the Colonial Theater. Saturday night, we're in Sacramento at the Crest Theater. We'll be right down the block from Gavin Newsom, who is the sitting governor of California. We actually reached out about interviewing him while we were in town. And uh, the answer would be no. Answer would be no. They said their schedules just aren't going to work. Uh, That being said, his press team, uh, I found them to be very pleasant. We had a fun back and forth, no hostilities at all. And I was pleasantly, I don't want to say surprised, but certainly pleased uh, because I want as much dialogue as I can get with people on the other side of the aisle. Because the whole point of America is not to vanquish the people you disagree with. <laughs> it's to reach some type of greater good con- you know, compromise, to put that in English. Uh, but we're not there right now. Gavin Newsom is currently in full-on performance mode. They had him on the Sunday shows over the weekend uh, to talk about the never-ending rumor that he's going to be replacing Joe Biden on the ticket. And everybody acts so shocked. Like, why do people keep insisting that Biden's coming off the ticket? Oh, I don't know. Because they're watching him? (laughs) That's the problem. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. I don't know that anybody can. So here is Newsom. Flat out blaming Fox News, my people, uh, for ginning up this talk about him replacing Biden. Okay, but understand. This talk is not coming exclusively from Fox News. Last week, the New York Times told Biden to step aside and make himself a hero. The Washington Post writing editorials about Biden stepping aside. Certainly the Wall Street Journal, obviously MSNBC, obviously CNN. They're all running these editorials now because they've watched Biden continuously just murder the English language, but, you know, that's one issue is that he's making the sign language interpreter shrug because he makes up words. But the other issue is, you know, the whole talking to dead people, the whole falling everywhere he goes, the whole quit talking in the middle of a sentence because he's finished. Guy's a mess. Okay, so those rumors are not Fox exclusive. Fox has certainly been discussing it three years before the rest of the media caught on because they were all playing along like there was nothing to see here. Okay. Understand. They told us Biden was sharp as a tack after he said this.
0: We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the. You know the thing.
4: That's a three-year-old clip. This is a three-year-old clip.
0: You know the rapidly rising, uh, um, uh, in with
4: uh, with uh, I don't know. Uh, Like, that's a presidential, you know, soundbite right there.
2: We have a president that is clearly not all there.
4: Like, we've been saying these things for three years, four years. Okay, the media only started to discuss it and acknowledge it now because it has become politically expedient to do so. Meaning, you know, the prevailing narrative behind closed doors in the Democratic Party is they really want Biden off the ticket. So this is that moment where the media has permission to be a little more honest about the guy's condition if only because it will build an appetite to remove him from the ticket. But Newsom's out there as the guy who wants to be the nominee, trying to position himself as the accidental nominee, meaning stop asking I'm a thousand percent, I'm a million percent, I'm a billion percent certain Biden's a great president, he's going to be the guy, nobody should be asking me, and he's only doing that specifically because the more emphatic this is, In the event that they ask him to replace Biden on the ticket, which is what he's clamoring for behind the scenes, he can flat out go, well, I didn't want to do it. But when your country calls collect, I, Gavin Newsom, as an American first, have reluctantly decided. Come on, don't bullshit. That's what he's going to do. Listen, again, I was in touch with Newsom's press team last week. I said, hey, do you want to come on Fox News Saturday night and do what I just did with Brett Baer? It's called Off the Meter. We don't even ask political questions. I'm like, hey, I'm going to let you come on and be a human being. We'll talk about pop culture, music, drinking, dating, whatever the hell you want to do. You'll get two semi-serious political questions. You can be funny because I'm doing a comedy show. I don't really care about the answers. My job is not to lead some type of an attack in a culture war. My job is to create a one-hour autonomous zone where people can come together and laugh. So I wanted Gavin Newsom on my TV show. I'm not saying he'll never come on. I'm not saying I wouldn't be thrilled to have him on. But I'm telling you the fact that they told me no to that type of conversation means they are very much still in the thick of it in terms of running for president. You are correct, sir. Okay, if they've got nothing to worry about, of course you come on the show. And if they aren't planning to run for president, okay, then there's no reason for him to be out doing the Sunday shows in media. Okay, California wasn't a news-making place last week. It's not like the focus of any particular big going on. It's a beautiful state. I mean, you know... Assuming you don't look it down at what's on the sidewalks when you're walking around. But it's still a beautiful state. It's gore. I love California. I'll be back there. In jo- I'll be back there next week in Sacramento. So thank you. So not disparaging California. Flat out not disparaging Newsom. But the fact that he's making the media rounds uh, is because he wants to keep his profile up in case he winds up on the ticket. He doesn't believe that Biden is a better man for the job than he is because nobody does. Okay, if you become Gavin Newsom, the governor of a state, it's because you really, really think, okay, you have the goods. You don't run for that high of a level of public office unless you think an awful lot of yourself. Okay, and if you think you're the best guy in every situation you've ever been in, you have to have that as a performer, period. Like as a comic, okay, as a stand-up comic... If you really want to make it in comedy, you spend most of your nights in a comedy club watching people on stage being like, this guy ain't got and you really do believe that. Don't get me wrong. He thinks a lot of good comics out there. Okay, but you have to have that belief in your own ability to change the dynamic in the room in order to be effective at it. So Gavin Newsom is an alpha in terms of his intellectual take on himself. He may sell himself as a pretty boy beta with a lot of hair gel. But make no mistake about it. He thinks he's the man. okay. and if you think you're the man, there's no way you're watching Biden talk to dead people and saying to yourself, oh, I couldn't do this. okay. it's the complete opposite. So he's out there trying to sell Joe Biden as the nominee specifically because it exposes him to a national audience that will get used to seeing him and maybe even like and warm to the idea of him as the nominee. Here it is. Clip 18. 76%
2: 76% of voters say they have real concerns about President Biden's ability to serve a second term. Do you think it's responsible for Democrats to put him at the top of the ticket, given those concerns?
7: Responsible. I revere his record. I, I mean, this, what he's done in three years has been a master class. I've been out with him, as you know, on the campaign trail. I was just out in California. I've seen him up close. I've seen him from far. But here's my point. It's because of his age that he's been so successful. And because we've seen these bipartisan accomplishments, because of his capacity of understanding, because of his leadership, so the opportunity to express that for four more years, what a gift it is for the American people.
3: You are lying your ass off.
4: <laughs> Joe Biden has put on a master class? <clears throat> Yo, Newsom, with all due respect, I, I wish the guy no ill will. Eight million people are here illegally. We're presiding over a record level of fentanyl poisoning deaths. I don't know. I think we can get a better masterclass. (laughs) We're on the brink of World War III. The last guy didn't start any wars, okay? As masterclasses go, I don't think this is the best one. If you talk about the core price index still being where it is, okay, the Democrats want to tell you Biden's been successful because he spent a lot of money nobody wanted him to on climate change. That's what they're hanging this on. Well, wow, you yeah, look at all the money out uh, of the environment. Uh, nobody cares. The environment, climate change is white privilege. Really rich white people have the luxury of caring about what the weather's going to do in 50 years. Okay, the rest of us don't, number one. Number two, we don't believe they know what they're talking about. The oldest running joke in the English language is, wow, weatherman, that's a good job to get because you could be wrong every day and still keep the gig. OK, and in a world where we all believe weatherman is a job where you're wrong every day, but still get to keep the gig. They somehow want you to also believe that the weatherman is absolutely going to be right about what the forecast is in 50 years. OK, that's what they're Are you
9: stupid or something. You'd
4: have to be. You would have to be to believe that. But anyway, getting past all of this nonsense when he says, oh, Biden's the best man for the job. All he's really trying to do. OK, if. He winds up in a position to be the face of this ticket is to simplify the mission, sell you on the Biden success with a more youthful ambassador to it. The problem is you have a very different definition of success than a guy like Gavin Newsom does, than a guy like Joe Biden does. But here's the rest of the the Newsom take, clip 19.
7: By the way, I think it's a damning conversation. Frankly, the other side wants us to have, and trust me, I know the mishigosh coming from the other side. I'm deeply mindful of the anger machine and all the entertainment industry out there on Fox and elsewhere. They love ginning this stuff up. At the end of the day, not only has this train left the station, but we, are, are, we get to enjoy a record of accomplishments as we make the case in a reelection, election the likes of which we couldn't have even dreamt of, uh, even as a Democrat, last century.
4: Can't handle the truth. I mean, listen, man. I get the gig. I get what he's being put on TV to do. I get the strategy here. He wants to say this was successful because if he inherits this ticket and he is the nominee, you don't want to run as, hey, you know, a lot of these policies I agree with failed the country. So he's running on, we've accomplished things that we couldn't even dream of
7: that is a fact check false
4: no in theory though he's actually right we have accomplished things we couldn't dream of we couldn't have dreamt in the last century that any united states president would be so derelict in their duty to protect us that they let eight million people cross the southern border he's right we couldn't have dreamt of that we certainly weren't fantasizing about a 40-year high in inflation we weren't uh, fantasizing about relinquishing our energy independence nor were we fantasizing about pulling our troops out of Afghanistan before our civilians, creating a massive humanitarian crisis, embarrassing us on the world stage and emboldening our our enemies around the globe. Joe Biden, okay, by the traditional metrics in which we measure success, is the worst president who's ever lived. Bingo. Gavin Newsom is out there selling him as something different because he wants to take those policies and try to sell them to you as some type of a success okay that's where you find yourself but here he is also applauding Nikki Haley for staying in the race because he says it makes it harder on Trump and blah 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 clip 20
2: do you think that it is time for Nikki Haley to drop out of the race and and do Democrats want the general election well, to begin in early well, I,
7: I don't know why Democrats would want her out of the race she's one of our better surrogates I mean she's defining the opposition to Trump incredibly effectively I mean, she's making points. I'm applauding every single day about his temperament, his capacity, uh, his you know, unraveling in real time. Uh, and so I think it's I think she's been incredibly effective. So I hope she stays in personally.
4: Well, so that's Gavin Newsom. He wants Nikki Haley to stay in because he thinks she's going to somehow wind up hurting Donald Trump. Wrong. OK, Haley's core argument is that she has a better chance than the general. Of course, the only way to get to the general is to win your party's nomination. Now, you can form your own opinion on whether her staying helps or hurts Trump. I don't really have an answer one way or the other. You know, Trump's got a lot of legal challenges to deal with. Nikki doesn't really affect that. Uh, And when it comes to the general election, Trump's going to be the Republican nominee. And even the Koch brothers walked away from Nikki Haley this week. They're no longer financing her campaign. So she might have to reevaluate her Super Tuesday strategy if for no other reason than it's going to become too uh, effective to stay in. OK, that being said, when it comes to Newsom, he is very much trying to stay out, if only so when the call comes, he can act like he's just being a hero, reluctantly saving the day. So he's in a really good spot right now because he got the trash DeSantis. Well, you know, neither of us are going to be the nominee is what he said when he debated DeSantis. And he was right about DeSantis, but not necessarily about himself. It's the same thing for the Nikki Haley Trump thing. He's essentially getting to run without running. Because the reality is, if the Democrats get their wish, Biden is going to come off the ticket. They don't want him on the ticket. Okay. 76% of the country thinks we're headed in the wrong direction. According to an NBC News poll, not Fox News trying to get you worked up, Michigas was the word he used. Okay. 86% of voters have concerns about Biden's mental capacities. That's according to NBC, which is as liberal as they come. That is not Fox News. That is the world. Okay. That is the world thinks Biden has an issue. To try to minimize this to a Fox News talking point is to ask the viewer to disregard what they see with their own two lying eyes. Okay, that's the hurdle Gavin Newsom is trying to clear here. Oh, the Biden age thing. That's just Fox News. Don't even worry about it. That's what he wants you to believe. But he's only selling you on the certitude of a Joe Biden presidency. Okay, so he looks that much more genuine when he has to reluctantly try to save the day and make no mistake about it. He wants to save the day. What the Democrats are going to try to do is let the Republicans make the case that an 80 year old can't be president. And as hard as the Republicans continue to make that case, what it ultimately gives the Democrats an opening for is to turn around if Biden comes off the ticket and go, hey, the Republicans said it themselves. Nobody this old can be the president. OK, that's why Trump isn't attacking Biden on the age as much as he's attacking him on Hunter Biden, as much as he's attacking him on the border, as much as he's attacking him on inflation. It's because they are smart enough to know they don't want to give their opponent an argument that can be used right back against them. So that's why you're going to hear more about Biden's ineptitude and Biden the crook, all of which seems more and more true by the day. Are you the big man, Joe? He might have been. But Gavin Newsom's just there in case the truth actually comes to light. And uh, we're getting closer and closer by the day.
3: The show that's crashing the establishment party. I don't recall seeing your name on the guest list. Nothing to be embarrassed about. I sometimes go by my maiden name. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
4: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be talking to Kat Kamick in the next break. Johnny Joey Jones will be here as well. Juan is in Wilmington, North Carolina. Juan. Hey, Jimmy. How are you? I'm doing it, man. Big Monday. You- Feeling good? Yeah, kudos on another great show on Saturday. Oh, thank you. We're trying. Listen, two, yeah,
0: two great points uh, I wanted to mention. We got the medicated State of the Union address coming March 7th. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh boy. it's
0: required by constitution. But what I'm saying here is if he's mentally confident to be able to do the state of the union address, he should be able to debate Trump. Yep. Now, having said that the world health organization started putting the fear monger among us again, staying a, a quote unquote disease X is around the corner. Are we going to be facing another uh, Biden basement uh, campaign?
4: Oh man, I don't know. I mean, they're definitely not in a rush to get him out there. The problem is by refusing to debate in the primaries, Trump is giving Biden a good opening to not debate him because he'd go, hey, you didn't debate your guys. Why the hell am I debating you? Or he's going to say, like, I don't want to give this guy a stage to tell a bunch of lies like they're going to try not it, to debate. Yeah, no but st- it
0: smells it, it smells fishy. And really quick on the third, the third thing I just want to mention is now that uh, Biden was uh, uh, uh saying that uh, that the Republicans just wanted to go to the border for a photo op. It's interesting. He's going on Thursday, and when he heard that Trump was going down there, and they're only 300 miles apart, but Trump is going to be going to Eagle Pass, where Biden is going to go to Brownsville, they'll probably clean up the town. Everything's going to look honky dory He should do a flyby so you can see what the hell's going on. Oh,
4: 100 percent. But he doesn't want to go by because he doesn't want to bring real attention to the problem. He just wants to pretend he's doing something about it. Trump will show up where the real crisis is. Good analysis, Juan. Uh, we'll get into that and so much more with Kat Kamek when we come back. So here's some news the West Coast listeners will get a kick out of. We have officially signed the deal to return to the Green Valley Ranch out in Nevada on July 5th. Hot damn. That is a big one for your radio buddy. If you were at Green Valley Ranch last summer, that's actually the gig That ended the Lucy phenomenon on the show. You're just another dirtbag. If you remember, there was a woman calling in, claiming we didn't sell out the Arizona Theater because there were like three empty seats or something like that. Play the clip. Anyway, uh, Vegas, uh, Green Valley Ranch, we sold 1,700 seats, completely filled the arena. It was outrageous. Did a wild Q&A. Some of us went gambling. We ate at Frank's Steak. It was outrageous. It was just like the greatest night. And uh, I am thrilled to announce we will be filming a sequel. It is Friday night, July the 5th at the Green Valley Ranch. Uh, There is a pre-sale tomorrow, Tuesday, February the 27th. Uh, If you are uh, familiar with stations, casinos, their pre-sale starts tomorrow at 10 a.m. You can use the code JIMMY24. If you want to get your Green Valley Ranch tickets now, Ticketmaster is also doing a pre-sale uh, this week. If you go to the Ticketmaster website, that runs from Tuesday through Friday as well. Uh, that goes on sale uh, 10 a.m. also. And the code is Fela 2024 That's a Ticketmaster. If you use Fela 2024 you can start getting Green Valley Ranch tomorrow. Uh, and then they go on sale to the general public Friday, March the 1st at 11 a.m. We are back in Vegas. So to recap, stations, casinos, tomorrow, 10 a.m., use the code JIMMY24, just JIMMY24, the number 24. Or if you're going through Ticketmaster tomorrow, FALA 2024 And joining us now on the show, someone I don't think could get past security to come to any of these venues, but we'd love to have her. uh, Superstar representative from the great state of Florida, Kat Kamek is here. Hey, girl.
5: Hey, how are you? Sorry, that was not a beer being cracked open. That was a selfie. I promise.
4: No, yeah, by one in the afternoon, you're you're usually done drinking for the day by now. (laughs) (laughs) You know me so well. You're on the back nine. I'm going to be in your. uh, I'll be in your hood next weekend. I'm going to. I'll be in Fort Lauderdale Friday and Ponte Vedra Saturday. Fancy. Ooh, gotta pull my life. Ooh,
5: very fancy over in Ponte Vedra. You know, you're going to be in the fastest growing county in
4: the state of Florida. That's what I was told, and that's funny because we yes. s- we sold out the first show so fast they added a second show, and they're like, oh, congratulations. I'm like, what do you mean congratulations? Now I have to work more. I <laughs> <You> could have just <laughs> sold the first one out at a reasonable pace, and I could have had a nice, relaxing weekend in this nice town you tell me about. Now I'll just, you know. Exactly. Yeah, be they
5: missed. must not know you very well.
4: Yeah, what the hell? Come on, Kamek. You should take over my career. <laughs> this is too much. <laughs> It's too much. Uh, Nice to hear your voice. That's always a plus. It's always good from around. Um, Tell me this. We've been talking about
5: the I've got the faith for radio,
4: right? Oh, Kamek, don't you dare. You're adorable. The video I posted of us. uh, It's so (laughs) the Murica sweetheart video. I believe you've posted one, too. No, we're fantastic. Murica sweethearts with an apostrophe. That's who we are. (laughs) But, um absolutely, that I own all the way, yeah, for sure, because you know this as someone who grew up in real America, that's where the fun is, like if you were going to go to a party, wouldn't you rather hang out with people who say America than people who say America?
5: Oh my gosh, of course, I mean, that's why I live in Florida because we shoot at the hurricanes and stand <laughs> outside in a. In a, in a tank top with an American flag raging at the at the wind, you know. <laughs> That's how we do. That's how we do.
4: All right. Yeah. As I said, you are probably done drinking for the day by one thirty. Uh, but <laughs> let, let me move forward because cat Hammick's here. What is the focal point in Washington this week? I mean, we've been howling about borders and Bidens and everything in between. Ooh. But is there a is there a focal point by you?
5: Well, you really want to get into it. We're going to have everyone so depressed they're going to start drinking. But it's the dun-dun-dun government shutdown. Mm -hmm. It is this ridiculous, ridiculous idea that with the Republicans in charge, we can't get it together to actually pass the appropriations bills to keep the government functioning. Mm -hmm. And the thing that's really frustrating for me is that A lot of my friends are saying, well, heck, just shut the dang thing down, and while that sounds good in a soundbite, it actually costs us more money Mm -hmm. when we shut the government down. Leave it to government to figure that one out, but it does. It costs us more money, and I'll be danged if we spend more taxpayer money than we already do. And so on Friday at midnight, that's when the first tranche of government will shut down because they bifurcated it. And that's an SAT word there, Jimmy. I know you're busy <laughs> looking it up, but, Come on. you know, that <laughs> I had to throw one at you. And and so it's just really frustrating because we just can't seem to get out of our own way. And that's going to be dominating the headlines this week when it should be about the border and the crime and the failures of the Biden administration instead you're having Republicans fumbling all over themselves.
4: Oh man, and that's it kills me, man. You know because know. this is the one because we do this basically three times a year now. Doesn't it feel like?
5: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean we're we're getting on a regular schedule here. About almost every quarter, there seems to be some crisis with the government shutdown or a potential one, and I think this one actually will happen because. You've got folks on one side who say we should do a continuing resolution and take a cut, and then you got others that say we need to do the appropriations. Now, count me in on the we need to do our job, do the appropriations camp, because the notion of a CR, a continuing resolution, would keep the Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer policies alive and well, and they say, oh, but we'll just cap it, we'll cap it, we'll cut it. Guess what? You know who gets to determine where those cuts come from? Joe Biden. And if you think for one second he's not going to make conservatives around the country pay for it and keep his policies intact, then, you know, you're just living in la-la land. So, yep. it's really, really depressing this week. I, I hate to be that person.
4: Now, well, listen, we get it, though. You got to play the teams on the schedule. We're talking to Kat Kamath from the great state of Florida. I mean, the, what it comes back to a lot with the Democrats is, you know, everybody, guys relate to this. Every, every guy's been out at the bar, and they have a buddy who wants to send a round of drinks over to those girls, but he doesn't have his wallet on him. And that's pretty much that's pretty much the Democrat. Everything's just like, yeah, we should that's do this. Yep. <laughs> and, and the taxpayer we're the ones who've got to chip in. I mean, it's no different than, you know, them forgiving more student debt. We get the bill mm-hmm. for this bright idea. Mm-hmm. No way to live, Kamek. It's no way to live. Uh, well, the nice thing. I know. But the nice thing is they do have the border under control. So that's good.
5: <laughs> oh yikes. Yikes. There's there's I wish there was a punchline in there, but there's just a not. It it is crazy though that, you know, this is what we're we're contending with. And mind you, we haven't even started for this year's appropriation. So we have a lot of we got a lot of work to do. And to your point, Jimmy, I mean, I wish people would have a bit more of a sense of humor about things because it's almost so so sad that if you if you can't laugh at it it's just going to make you cry Mm -hmm. um but it's crazy that we just can't seem to get it together but i'll tell you what the the bright spot in all this is that it is an election year and we are hopefully going to make joe biden a one-term president and we will take back the house and and make chuck schumer the minority leader thank goodness And hopefully we can hang on to the House. That's the hope.
4: Yep. You get the Senate. You get the House. You do some things. I mean anything. Nobody wants to watch this a second time. (laughs) It's like that. I mean, honestly, like Democrats don't want to watch this. Right. They don't want to watch Biden run this thing again. Uh, And there's a reason there's a reason like every big name Democrat is on TV right now saying they support Biden. Uh, It's because they don't. You know, like Newsom's doing the rounds. Hillary's doing the rounds. They're like, Joe Biden's the guy. Uh, And I just wanted to, you know, get my face out there and say it because I'm so committed to not running. I'm doing every Sunday morning show. (laughs) Don't you believe they all want to run?
5: Oh my gosh. No. No. And you know sequels are never as good as the original, right? Yep. So I mean, and if that's if that <laughs> is true except, for, except with the D- with with Die Hard.
2: Yeah. Die
5: Hard with a Vengeance, I would say, was better than the Die Hard original, the greatest Christmas movie of all time. But <laughs> in politics, the sequel is never as good, particularly when we're talking about Joe Biden. And no one wants to see that one again. No, no, nobody. worse on the second time around, we know it's going to be bad.
4: No, what I'd like them to do though is just recast an actor. Like maybe we give him the presidency, but somebody <laughs> plays Biden. You know, because <laughs> that might be. So who would it be? Who well, would it be? I mean, who? I mean, to convincingly play this guy, I don't think any because you can't really write this. He's such a you know what I mean. He's a mess. Uh but there are days where I would take Hunter over, Joe, because you want to know what it is. There's an efficiency <laughs> to a guy like Hunter, who is, you know, probably an influence peddling addict at the peak of his fame. But that's a man with goals. OK, Biden has <laughs> no goal other than say what they tell him to so he can get ice cream. But that's really not a, um, that's not a, you know, a plan for leadership is all I'm saying.
5: No, it's not really a recipe uh, for success, but there's just something in the back of my mind that's like if this was to be a movie,
2: mm-hmm.
5: there's something about Christopher Walken in <laughs> all his eccentric nature playing <laughs> Joe Biden that would just I think tickle people's fancy.
4: Yeah, and it's probably the only time you'll hear Biden in the same sentence as the word Walken cuz he usually falls. <laughs>
5: So there you go. more like walker yeah. right like <laughs> oh no
4: he gets played by christopher walker oh cat Camick, <laughs> you still got it you did some serious stuff but you still got it you pulled it all the way back around and did it right at the buzzer Um uh, always great to hear your voice though i know you got some adulting to do but it's still good for you to give us a minute
5: well i always have time for you jimmy oh so excited for you to be joining us in the Sunshine State and truly live out your Florida man fantasy.
4: <laughs> I'm going to marry a hot pocket. I'll see you at the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> You're the best. Take care, cat. There she goes. The great cat Kamek says, I got to go do some Florida man stuff. So next week, Friday, uh, March the 8th, I'm at the amateur Theater down in Fort Lauderdale. How about that? And then Saturday, March the 9th, Pontevedra. And Pontevedra is nice. The music hall. Uh, second shit. well, the first show sold out. They added a second show that's filling up really fast. If you want to go to that, foxacrossamerica.com. These are solo gigs, so I'll meet everybody, sign your books, whatever you're into, books, boobs, you know, hat, beer mug, doesn't matter. Okay, we sign it all at these events. It's a very communal thing. And, uh, one of the reasons I encourage people to go is you'll be pleasantly surprised by how many really cool people listen to the same show as you. Everyone is cool, like really cool. I can't wait to take the TV show on the road just the same because, like, the TV people uh, who never really get to travel with a show are going to meet this radio audience. That's what's going to show up to these events, and uh, they're going to be so patently blown away because everybody's great, man. Everybody, I'm I'm very thankful for that, and we're trying to use this moment for good. uh, But as Kat Kamek was saying, we need all the help we can get because what Washington has done, and this is something that both parties are guilty of is they love the idea of a fiscal cliff. They love the idea of a government shutdown because the most popular thing you can do in Washington is spend money. Congressmen love spending money because they like to come back to their district and go, see, I I greenlit that project you wanted. You know, see, we made that deal. See, lobbyists, we appeased those lobbyists. You know, we did what we wanted to do. Spending is always going to be the most popular thing to do in Washington. So the reason both parties love the impending government shutdown is that urgency allows them to jam stuff through. Well, we, you know, government's going to shut down, so we don't have time to read this 5,000-page bill. So what we're going to do is we're just going to jam it all through. And in the process, they all decide to agree on it because they get to incorporate some of the spunding, sp- spending they wanted for their own district and justify doing so by being like, ah, oh, we were up against the wall, you know, we voted for this bill. It costs more money to shut down the government than it does to keep it open, which I don't doubt is the truth. But the reality is they all benefit from it in the long run. So if you want to change the way business is done in Washington, you've got to get back to, you know, the team sport thing of like, well, I'm a Republican. So we just got to be the Democrats. Or, I'm a Democrat. We just got to be the Republicans. We got to stop looking at the other voters as our enemies, because at the end of the day, the politicians work for the voters. But we as voters, Republicans and Democrats, are getting failed by the politicians, So I think we'd be more in this next election. I know everybody votes straight ticket. I'm a Republican. I vote Republican. I'm a Democrat. I vote Democrat. You'd really be helping the country a great deal if you set aside like an extra hour this fall and actually read about your local races and made a decision. You know, most of the time you're probably still going to vote with the the party you align with. But you might surprise yourself that one or two times you won't because there are people out there that want to go to Washington and legitimately represent your interests. Not a lot of them, okay? The vast majority of Washington goes along to get along. As even Jessica Tarloff admitted on the show last week, she sees the number at about 85% of politicians are members of the Uniparty, meaning they want business as usual in Washington. They want these you know, impending government shutdowns in the way we do business. They want these massive bills that nobody reads because it allows them to force additional spending in there. They like that stuff. You know, the people who don't are you and me because we're the ones who get the bill. So you understand we're racing towards another government shutdown and they're going to tell you this Thursday night when they avert the shutdown, that it's a win for the American people. But guess what? That win comes at a cost to you and me, the taxpayer.
1: Just hold on to your pocketbook. They just put a lien on your money, your savings and your retirement.
3: The show that connects you to people in high places. It's like the most important man in the world standing here. And you got a conversation going with each other. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
4: There it is. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. we got a caller on the line who says, if Biden won't debate Trump, I should. Hold on here. Stasha's out in Seattle. Hey, hey. Hey. Hey, girl.
2: Uh, can, I, don't, I don't know how to do this, but I just talk like you can hear me and you can, right? You
4: sound great. Come on. You sound better okay. than me. Take it away, Stasha. Uh, you want uh, me debating Trump? What's happening here?
2: Well, right. Because if Biden wants to back out, which he should, uh, well, he should just retire. But, uh, hmm. but to what we could do is hold a debate that would really sell out the House. Uh, Trump would be defending Trump himself, but you could stand in for Biden and every time Trump asks the, the person asking questions, you could answer with one of Biden's videos.
4: Oh man, I see. And
2: uh you could even wear a Biden mask if you you know, that would help you uh, <laughs> pick the right answers to uh show but but you know, you could show all these videos of him saying, uh uh ooh and you know, and not. <laughs> uh but I think that'd be a blast.
4: Uh, I think it'd be a good time. Um uh, for some reason, the Democratic National Committee is not calling back on this idea, uh, but we'll see if anything changes. I don't know that I don't know that they're going to let this one go through, but I, I think your heart's in the right place.
2: Right, right. Well, and if for some terrible reason Biden is in there again, then I was also telling Mikey, is that his name? Uh, that uh, we're all going to have to learn sign language because the only person actually knowing what Biden is supposed to be saying from the pulpit is the the uh, sign because uh, he's reading the teleprompter oh that's and so he knows point. what biden's notes say but oh. biden doesn't know what his notes say no
4: so. i have no idea what's going on i i genuinely yeah. don't know what's happening but uh listen yeah. i'm gonna pass this plan around i'll let you know if i make it to the debate stage okay
2: okay right. okay great call we'll stasha you have so a great a day free tic- a free ticket to that one oh yeah. you better yeah. it was your idea
4: <laughs> i'll see you soon that's funny stasha shows up she's got jokes She wants me debating Donald Trump. Wrong. No, no. But I'd be debating as Joe Biden, which would be pretty intense.
7: This guy will say anything,
4: anything (laughs) you don't know. You just don't know. Uh, But, yeah, the DNC isn't going to let that happen. It'd be funny, though. I see this how our audience rolls just completely out of the box ideas, ridiculousness, because why not? You're alive. The whole point of being alive is have a good time. So that's all we're going to do in the next hour. Johnny Joey Jones is coming by. we got to do some adulting and talk about the border. But we're going to have a damn good time. As Chevy Chase says in vacation, we're going to have so much fun, you'll all be whistling zippity-doo-dah out of your
3: Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
4: Oh, yes, it is, and we're fired up to bring another big hour of top-shelf radio to this bottom-feeding political world. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. The world's on fire, but we're just going to get out there and roast some marshmallows on the blades. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? There you go. Johnny Joey Jones is going to be joining us in this hour. We're getting the band back together. We haven't spent time Uh, He's one of my all time favorites. Sadly, he is reacting to a tragedy down in Georgia, a preventable tragedy in that a woman was killed by a migrant who is in this country illegally.
7: I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit.
4: A lot of people are. There's a Monmouth poll out right now that says for the first time ever, uh, a majority of American voters now prefer to build a wall at our southern border. Okay, that is the end result of lax migration policies that have overwhelmed cities, overcrowded classrooms, and tragically taken the lives of people killed by migrants with criminal records. We're going to cover one in this hour, 888-788-9910. i got to tell you, man, I've been howling about the border forever on this show because I'm a dad. And I grew up in a different era than the one our kids are growing up in. What I mean by that is I had a lot of kids who I grew up with who took recreational drugs, and they all lived. Uh, You know, there were people who overdosed in high school, people who shot heroin and died, sadly, people who did too much cocaine, sadly. Okay, but the connotation of an overdose was that someone did so many drugs that eventually caught up to them and killed them. Sadly, in this era, okay, people are not overdosing on drugs in record numbers. They're getting poisoned. Okay, we say it's a record number of overdoses, but again, an overdose would mean you took too much. Okay, these kids in this generation are taking what would seemingly be an acceptable dosage of a recreational drug. No one should die from taking one Adderall. Okay, but that's exactly what's happening because these black market drugs are laced with fentanyl. That's making it across our poorest southern border. People are dying in record numbers. So I'm always going to talk to you about the border because it is incumbent upon us as parents to make sure our kids understand this is a different game now. Okay. both presidents are visiting the border this week. Trump is going uh, right down the Eagle Pass. Biden also announcing uh, earlier in the day that he'll be there as well. I don't remember that ever happening. Well, he's not going to Eagle Pass because that's where the center of the crisis is. They want to go somewhere where they can sweep the migrants up off the street and make the White House press pool reflect an image on TV that's not nearly as pressing as the one we keep covering here on Fox News. That's what they did last time they went down to the southern border. Okay, they didn't go down right to the epicenter of the humanitarian crisis. They went to El Paso, had the streets swept up and were like, yeah, you know, borders bad could always be better. But as the cameras show you, there's really not a lot going on here. That's what they did. okay, and that's what they're going to try to do again. But understand, you know, getting past the politics, why is Biden going down there? OK, because he now understands this has become an existential threat to his presidency. And he wants to blame Republicans on the problem. He wants to go, well, you got to understand. OK, the Republicans don't want to pass border legislation. How the hell do you expect me to fix the border? Well, you broke it without legislation. This was just executive orders. Biden got into office. They ended the Remain in Mexico policy. So now instead of people getting apprehended at the border and being forced to remain in Mexico until their asylum was granted three years or five years from now, okay, they were now automatically allowed right into the country while they were awaiting trial. Now, here's a news flash Ninety percent of the people who skip their asylum case don't get deported. That's just the reality of what we're living in. So if you're letting people into the country upon apprehension, you've just let them into the country. That's all it is. Okay, but asylum seekers aren't getting deported, and we know that because the criminals aren't getting deported. Okay, this Georgia nursing student, okay, 22-year-old girl uh, by the name of Lake and Riley, okay, she's out for a jog and this Venezuelan migrant, okay, ultimately winds up killing her. Okay, understand this guy had priors. He had been encountered by Customs and Border Protection on September 8th, 2022, after entering the country near El Paso, and was paroled and released for further processing. Okay, he ultimately went on, okay, to rack up uh, a slightly larger criminal record, and lo and behold, eventually wound up killing this girl. And uh, this is a guy who should not have been in our country to begin with. Bingo. So you understand when they say things in politics a lot, like so-and-so's got blood on their hands. You know, how dare you cost them people's lives with these policies? Okay, this is another concrete example of them doing exactly that at the southern border. So Biden wants to go down and act like, you know, posture. Hey, we're going down to the border because I do want you to understand that we are concerned with these numbers. However, it's a broken immigration system is the reason why they're coming, which is not true. The reason they're coming to this country is because we're letting them in. That's it. It's no other reason. They're coming because we're letting them in. When you tell me the processing is the issue, okay? if they're not getting in, they're not coming. Okay? remain in Mexico. And the fact that we had committed to build a border wall had cut illegal border crossings by about 80 percent, if only because it sent a stern message that if you came to our country and got apprehended at the border, you weren't going to get in. You see, people aren't sneaking into the country now. They're walking into the country. Hey, we made it. Where are the cops? Can you process this? Throw us on a bus? We want to go relocate somewhere. And again, I don't begrudge anybody coming here to make a better life for themselves. But we want them to come here legally. Because when the doors are open this way, when we're not seeing okay, an enforcement of our border laws, what you're ultimately enabling are the people who want to exploit them to get into this country, not the people seeking a better life. You've also got to factor in the reality that human traffickers – And drug cartels are taking advantage of these border policies that we've spelled out to the world as being America last policies. I mean, that's the reality right now at the border. You have no idea how to
0: defend a nation.
4: Okay, people are dying from drugs. People are getting killed by migrants. And then we have this other reality that local jurisdictions and sanctuary cities do not communicate with ICE agents. About violent criminals who need to be deported because guys like Alvin Bragg here in New York flat out decided that in accordance with a lot of these woke bail initiatives, you know, it would be racist or unjust to go after minorities who come into this country illegally and then break the law. Everything woke turns to totally. So in this instance, we've got a guy who, when apprehended at the border after committing further crime, should have been thrown out of the country. I should have got tipped off, and they should have dragged the guy by his ear out of the country. But instead, because we're trying to be mindful that life hasn't always been fair to these murderers and killers, can we all just collectively stop and realize the insanity of that conversation? They really want you to believe we need to have more concern for the criminal than the victim. Well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. But that's what we're doing now. That's what woke bail reforms are. Hey, well, you know, if you start locking these people up, you're going to have a disproportionate amount of people behind bars from certain races. That's not good. Okay, so instead you're letting them out of jail, and you're getting a disproportionate amount of victims of these crimes. 90% of violent crimes are committed against members of the same race. So it's not always what we just saw in this sad instance down in Georgia where a white girl is killed by a Venezuelan migrant. But the reality is within these inner city communities, 90 percent of the victims of violent crime are suffering at the hands of a member of their own race. So you go, well, you know, we don't want a disproportionate amount of these people in our jails. So we'll let them out and ultimately wind up with a disproportionate amount of these people in our cemeteries. Like, do you get how dumb this is? That's what's happening. That's what's happening. Okay, it's being done in the name of some type of an empathy and some type of an equity. But ultimately, the people they purport to care about are the ones that always end up suffering in the end. Okay, it's the dumbest time there's ever been to be alive. As it pertains to this story, this is a very preventable death. girl went out for a jog and got killed. And now people are annihilating the Associated Press, and rightfully so, because the Associated Press ran a story talking about how You know, this death just underscores how so many female joggers don't feel safe in this day and age, except they omit the fact that this female jogger was not just randomly killed because somebody's on the loose. We have a serial killer killing joggers. No, we have violent criminals with histories of attacking women violently being let to go free in this country because we're not enforcing our border policies. We're not enforcing our laws. Think about that. The next time there's a mass shooting, which hopefully is never. OK, when this goes down, the first thing everybody does is they run out and go, oh, we need new laws, Oh, the NRA, all oh, the Republicans. But nobody ever talks about the enforcement of the 500 laws we already have in the books. Because it's not about preventing the problem. It's really about weaponizing it for some type of a legislative victory. The Democrats broke the border, straight broke the border. When Biden got into office, he signed an executive order that nuked remain in Mexico, halted border wall construction, got rid of Title 42, which was a COVID era screening mechanism. Okay, so you understand those three executive actions, not legislation. He did this with the pen opened up our border, sent a message to drug traffickers and drug cartels that, hey, the border's open. You know, you bring bringing in asylum seekers, they're going to get into the country. We're going to let them in and then trust that three or four years from now, when they have an asylum case, they'll show up to it. Now, if they're not a, deporting the violent criminals, believe me, they're not deporting the nonviolent criminals. But When Biden made these decisions and opened up the border and endangered every single American, Okay, he did so through a means that could be reversed without any legislation. So you understand, he's going down to the border to highlight the need for border legislation. That's theater. That's pretend. That's a man who wants a legislative win in an election year more than he wants to just simply make the problem go away. That's what's going on here. So they don't care. There's a real indifference to the loss of life. There's a real indifference to the kids being sex trafficked. There's a real indifference to the kids getting poisoned by fentanyl don't care about that. What they care about is their own political prosperity. So when you hear me talk about the border as a parent, it's because we're now living in an America where it's incumbent upon ourselves to look out for each other. We always did. You always had, like, your neighbor's back or your buddy's back. It was a thing. Okay, but we've never seen a government so brazenly giving you the middle finger. That's the America that we live in now.
1: Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America last.
3: You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
9: That's my name. Don't wear it out.
4: you missed the news earlier in the show, I am heading back to the Green Valley Ranch on July 5th. <laughs> Listen to me. This matters. Uh, I we had the greatest time ever there last. Like it was outrageous last summer, and I'm so excited to go back. It'll be the beginning of my vacation. Like I'm actually going to be doing that show, and then wandering off into the abyss. I'll be in uh, who? My goodness gracious, Arizona, New Mexico, and then I head back up to Colorado Springs for July 13th. I will be back to work there at the Pikes Peak Center. Uh, we're still finalizing those details before the tickets can go on sale. But Green Valley can be announced publicly. It is. Happening Friday night, July the 5th, and the pre sale starts tomorrow at 10 a.m. You use the code JIMMY24. If you're buying through the station's casino website, you can get pre sale seats tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., on the station's websites with code JIMMY24. And if you're going through Ticketmaster tomorrow, okay, that also starts at 10 a.m., uh, the code is FALA2024, and you can go hang out. And you can get these ticks, and you can come hang with me out at the Green Valley Ranch, which is as rowdy of a show as I get to do all year long, because you're out in Vegas. Everybody's gambling and drinking and everything in between. You know what I mean? I mean, Fat,
3: drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir.
4: Fat, drunk, and stupid is a wonderful way to go through the Green Valley Ranch. So come hang out with me. I'll be out smoking a cigar on the patio day of. It's going to be a good time. Uh, and you are welcome to buy those ticks now. In the meantime, we've got to do a little adulting. We've got Johnny Joey Jones coming up. Uh, He's going to have a little chat with us about all things America, 2024 election, the big mess happening in between. And the one thing I would throw at you that I think is important between now and 2024, because I don't believe I I really don't believe this is the matchup. You know, they tell me, you know, Biden's good to go. He's going to stay on the ticket. So crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. I know. Honestly, he may. It's really hard to get an incumbent president off the ticket. It is. And there's no appetite to force him aside for Kamala. And in the age of identity politics, that would be a huge problem for the Democrats that are losing major support with black voters. There's also the reality that even if she was getting support, you know, and she was polling a little bit better than she is— The reality is she has such a problem with authenticity that when she left, if you remember this, when she left the 2020 election, she was at 1% in her home state of California.
9: Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. (laughs) Ha ha!
4: But think about that. We're bagging on Nikki Haley because she got 39.5% down in South Carolina and lost her home state. It's not good. But it's still 38 points better than what Kamala was getting in her home state. So you think about it. We're in this really unprecedented situation where the matchup is so familiar that the messaging is going to become so familiar, meaning it's going to be racism in Russia from here to Election Day. That's what we're down to. Racism in Russia from here to Election Day. I'll give you more of it, okay? because there's so much of it being played. okay? here was, man, here's Jen Psaki saying Trump's latest speech was bigoted and bizarre. Clip 14.
8: Let's just take the last couple of days. Because just over the last three days, Trump gave three of the most bizarre, unhinged, bigoted, very hard to follow speeches I have ever heard him give. He trivialized black voters with a disgusting and racist rant on Friday night, claiming that the black community likes him more because he was indicted and has a mugshot. I mean, he referred to himself as a political dissident on Saturday, which is an insult to real political dissidents around the world, of which there are many. He also cast November's election as, quote, judgment day. And that's just a sampling, a sampling of the concerning nonsense we've heard over the past few days.
4: Oh, shut up, woman. (laughs) You know what's funny? So Jen Psaki wants you to believe Trump said this outrageously racist thing. and the Black community's never been subjected to such bigotry before. But for some reason, the black community isn't saying that. I think he's got a point. Like, there's not, like, a major outcry around the country. There's not a major outcry of a people who attended the conference. And what Jason Johnson, also at MSNBC, wants you to believe is, well, the reason black people aren't as mad as the rest of, you know, the Gensaki class. Oh, is because it was a very unique group of black folks. These must have been bad black folks. That's what he wants you to believe. Listen to this, clip 16.
3: You have to understand, though, this is a room of very unique kind of black folk. okay? It's a, batch, a bunch of bad lineups and members-only jackets, right? Like, that that's what we're dealing with here. And so I'm not surprised that these sorts of people accept that. These are the same people who listen to Killer Mike. These are the same people who listen to, to Idiots on Podcasts. These are the same large number of black folks who listen to Joe Rogan. Those people are out there. I'm less concerned with anybody who is okay with Trump's racism than I am with the people who are so disconnected from the process that they're not worried about his racism. Those Those people are more of a concern
4: for me than the people vote for the guy. That was embarrassing. You understand? So Jason Johnson, a black man himself, is just basically saying, well, only the bad blacks like Trump. You know, the good blacks are clearly, you know, really upset. But I distinguish between who the good blacks and the bad blacks are. Do you see how entitled the Democratic Party is to black support? They don't actually deliver for the community. They just tell them that they must support the Democrats. Or they must not be black in the first place. Where have I heard that before, Jason Johnson? You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you... It is Fox Across America your main man, Jimmy Fallon, fired up to talk to this next guest, a multimedia fan favorite here on all the Fox News platforms. Uh, his book still flying off shelves to this day, Unbroken Bonds of Battle. Uh, you can watch him all over Fox Nation. Uh, and he returns to the airwaves triumphantly riding high. Johnny Joey Jones is here. What's up, man? Hey brother, how's it going? I mean your intros keep getting too lo- longer and longer. You get a lot of
10: credits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did outnumbered the other day and I and I added the whole New York Times bestseller. Then mm-hmm. I felt bad about it.
4: I mean, listen. I know. I. I listen. I don't. Okay, to be clear, because guys (laughs) like you and me don't generally show up on the bestseller list. We're the only two of our kind. I think we should be working it into every conversation ever. Right?
10: (laughs) Yeah. I'm not gonna. You know, I'm I'm not much of a of a bookseller, but I don't mind throwing that out there. No, no,
4: absolutely no. Good for you. Okay. Everybody else on that list has like a 12 year degree, some advanced studies. (laughs) I majored in Nintendo. Okay, I want credit. I want credit for the accomplishment. Uh,
10: I went to the University of uh, of Bombs and Bullets, and if you see me walk around, apparently I just wasn't that good at it. No,
4: he was a D student at the University of Bombs and Bullets, <laughs> <laughs> and you can make the list. That's funny. Well, listen, man, we don't need degrees to look at the southern border and know that that's a failing grade for them, right?
10: It's pretty bad, man. It's it's tragic at this point. As most people know, this week, it's it's yep. extremely tragic here in Georgia, yep. uh, and I just don't know what it takes to get politicians to go about it, honestly. I, You know, real quick, I got an email from a buddy just a couple of weeks ago. He works for National Forestry or National Parks, and uh, with, in the military, we have this terminology called DERMO. I don't know what it stands for. It's an acronym, but basically what it means is say the marine corps has a bunch of radios they don't want anymore they put them up on a on a website or in a lot and then the army can come look and if they want them they can just get them because we're either going to throw them away mm-hmm. or give them to somebody else and government agencies can come do that they have dermowed the steel at the border mm-hmm. so what they have done is they've told every other government agency if you can use this steel that's in this lumber or in this yard that was bought and paid for to be put up as a wall Just come get it, whatever you need it for. Just fill out this little form and come get as much of it as you want. And so that shows you how committed the Biden administration are to, I don't know, securing the border.
4: God, that's such a scam. We're talking to Johnny Joe Jones. I did not know that that was a thing. And what's funny now is they're also trying to claim that if the legislation gets passed, there would be funding for border wall. But we're essentially (laughs) spending money not to build one right now then.
10: (laughs) They're paying someone to hold the steel on their land, and now they're giving it away to other agencies. And if you know anything about how the government works, when I was in the Marine Corps, we had an allocation of explosives, right? Mm -hmm. And we said, hey, blow it or lose it, use it or lose it. So at the end of the year, if we had a whole bunch of explosives left over, we went out and found a reason to use it, even if we didn't need to, because we would lose it in our budget the next time. So all these government agencies, you give them something free, they're going to go come up with some reason to use it. It doesn't mean they need it. And so we're paying for the border wall over again if we go build it now. And, um, and that's just – that's perfect United States government. I used to have a T-shirt that says, I run better than the government. Never more true than today.
4: Wow, that is nuts. It's like I laugh because, you know, for me it's like a coping mechanism. But these are not like high intelligence problems. You know what I'm saying? Like I was led to believe like these are the elite of the elite. And obviously, these aside, but no, I mean, because nothing we're talking about here requires any degree of proficiency in anything to know that it's stupid.
10: When your intelligence comes from simply reading books or sitting in a classroom, which is the academia that is infested in our government, then you don't understand practical application. The best example I can give you that my father in law is an engineer with the Georgia Tech, very smart man. Mm-hmm. I do not recruit him to do projects with me because it will take three times as long, use three times as many resources. It may be a little bit more sturdier when it gets done, but in his engineering mind, mm-hmm. he's going to do it in this elaborate way. And I think government's much the same way, academics especially. Mm-hmm. They come up with some idea, and they don't think about the common sense solution. They think about what their idea can be and the credit they can get for it. Mm-hmm. And they read about it, so it must be true. See, people like you and I, Jimmy, we experience history by living life. We experience history by the results of history. When a, Bad presidents elected, it hurts our pocketbook. When the border wall doesn't work, it hurts our livelihood and and our ability to go out on the street. But they experience history by reading someone else's opinion of history. They're insulated by and large because they're in Washington, D.C., and they make good money on top of that or they did before they got there. But regular people, we have to experience these things, the mistakes we make by the results of them, and they don't always have that.
4: No, they're living. It's a totally different experience, I think. But I think that's part of the problem now, too, with Washington is it has become less representative of what you just described. You know, people who've lived a life and acquired knowledge the old fashioned way. But uh, again, that just makes another strong case for you getting into politics. But the fact that you're on the show is a lot of damaging research (laughs) Do you you and you and Gutfeld. Basically, you have to buy you have to buy tapes off me and Gutfeld. Do you have the budget to do that?
10: No, I don't. don't, And I would not advise anyone out there to spend their hard-earned money to try to get me elected into office. I don't think that's a (laughs) good— But hold on now.
4: I think it's a bad investment. We're just spitballing. (laughs) I know you're not seriously (laughs) contemplating that as of this interview, okay? But wouldn't you—what would you consider a crazier investment, okay? Throwing money at a Joey Jones candidacy or the people who continue to fund Nikki Haley?
10: (laughs) Well— there's a chance of return on their investment, I guess, <laughs> so oh, if she no. gets in there she's going to make sure they're taken care of right yeah, that's true
4: she 's going to hook up a lobbyist on the back end. I see what you're saying <laughs> that's funny man well i don 't know I, I listen i when I got this show for real, i you know I had a lot of like an introspective pocket where I was like, you know. How is this show going to impact the people who consume it? And I was very self-conscious about, like, whether or not, you know, I was intelligent enough, honestly, to be reaching as many people as you do on a daily basis on a radio show this big. But the more I listen to the other people in media, the more I realize that I was, as shocking as it sounds, probably one of the smarter ones. Not because I've put the bar (laughs) anywhere high, just because we both know what's out there. But I think that's the other reality with politics. Guys like you and me joke, like, I wouldn't run. I'd never pass the background check, that whole thing. But there's no no way you could at least tell me like when you watch most of what's in congress there's no way you say to yourself oh i couldn't hang with these people
10: no listen it's not our best and brightest all the time Mm -hmm. and that's that's fair because the entire country isn't the best and brightest you want the house of representatives to be the most representative of the people in this country so just like there's that crazy business owner in your town that just kills it, and makes a lot of money, but everybody knows don't go to his Christmas party because he's insane. <laughs> well, you know what? He can also he can also go represent your district. You know, I, I live in Marjorie Taylor Greene's district, and a lot of people have a very heated opinions about her, but she's not too far off from where most people in this area about seventy four percent feel like her votes on policy are exactly where they want it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you were talking about about uh, mm-hmm. whether or not you're intelligent enough, what you are is intelligent because I've been around you, but you're also experienced. And what people who live and work in D.C. and try to analyze things but not experience them, they will they will disqualify anything you and I have to say and go, oh, well, that's just anecdote. They love to say the anecdote, and it's this word they use. And what that means is here's an example. Mm-hmm. You know, that you give an example of something, they say, well, that's an anecdote. That's a story. But if it's a true story, then it's not just an example. It is the entirety of the issue, and the border is the best example. You can give me statistics Mm -hmm. to tell me how many people crossed the border and never hurt anyone. Mm -hmm. But the anecdote is one person crossed the border, should not have, had been arrested, had been caught, and went and killed an innocent young woman here in Georgia. Mm -hmm. So that anecdote, to me, carries so much more weight than the statistic that you use to justify your opposition to, I don't know, putting up a border
4: wall. Yeah. Well, that's the part I think is so insane, is that you have to have a real indifference to the suffering you're causing uh, to not own what's happened at the border. You know, the person in this particular killing shouldn't be in the country. Okay, we know that to be the case. We know there's now also obviously – you know, there's a local issue to this in that there wasn't communication, it sounds like, between local authorities and ICE when it comes to deporting somebody like this. So at the very least, you know, everybody who always yells at us about laws is always overlooking the fact that the laws in place aren't being enforced, right?
10: No, absolutely. I, it, you know, I'm a big gun advocate. Yep. Every time there is, a, is an incident involving a gun, the question is that- they say, what kind of gun was it? They mm-hmm. don't ask, or they, or they may say the person obtained the gun legally, meaning that they went into a gun store, filled out the applications, and bought the gun. Mm-hmm. What they don't ask is, did the federal background check come back? Mm-hmm. Uh, was there something on their record that the background check didn't catch? Mm-hmm. Uh, not just what type of gun it was, but what was, the, uh, what was the posture when they bought the gun? These are all things that we have already put in place mm-hmm. to stop someone from using a gun with ill intent, but rather they would have the the, the argument that is completely partisan. Mm-hmm. And so when we when we move that same kind of nuance over into the border, we sit here and we go, there are laws in place to protect us from this. Mm-hmm. You're choosing not to enforce them. You're the culprit as much as they are. And I think that's, really, that's a tough pill to swallow if you're in the Biden administration, but it's the absolute truth.
4: Unbelievable. Joey Jones, making it look easy as always. Uh, listen, uh, my booker likes to book you just to show off like what type of powerful guest he can get on the show. Uh, and it's obviously we love we, we do. We do love having you on. But this is quite a flex for Mikey. Like cause we always know you're going to be great on the show. But he'll talk about this the rest of the week. He just works it into conversations like, yo, did you hear the show Monday? Yeah, I book that. Like, that's what he does. Do you does Mikey at least give you a back end? Because he's trying to hit on Chicks at Fox by flexing with all the guests he brings onto my show. Is Mikey giving you a back end on his PBRs or anything like that?
10: Listen, if I'm the best you got for your, either your professional or romantic life, you need to reevaluate because well, uh, you're scraping the bottom of the barrel well, with
4: me. Well, just to be clear, Mikey reevaluates constantly, so I don't doubt that that's coming. <laughs> uh, but we thank you. We thank you, as always, for classing up the broadcast. Yeah, I appreciate you, brother. Be well, man. I'll see you soon. Johnny Joey Jones trying to help Mikey score uh, with another classy appearance on the program. But he's super on top of it. Biggest problem facing Washington is we got people enacting policies that don't affect them. That's it, straight up. That's also why, like, you know, cancel culture. Remember cancel culture? The outrage mob started policing comedy. But they shouldn't police comedy because they don't write comedy. They don't consume comedy. These are miserable human beings. But it's that same practical issue. If you put people in charge that don't have a background in the thing, okay, the thing is going to get infinitely worse. mundo. Okay, and that's very much what's happening at the border. You know, you get elites. You get people whose knowledge comes from books trying to configure statistics on a page and throw you a graph and everything in between. But you know who doesn't read graphs? Criminals. Okay, they don't care about the stats. don't care about empathy or any of the silly initiatives we're trying to push to justify a lax border policy. Okay, the people that are legislating feelings over facts are actually getting people killed. Because what we decided at the southern border when Trump came down the escalator is border security was racist. Okay, never mind that Democrats voted for border wall funding under Barack Obama and George W. Bush. It's now racist. Let's all pretend it's racist to secure the border. And because they turned people's emotions into their facts. Hey, whoa, hey, we're not policing the border. That's racist. I feel angry when you say police the border. What did we actually do? We went out, opened the border, and got a lot of people killed.
7: That's stupid. Use your common sense.
4: But that's also just reality. It's like you don't, you know, we always joke that I don't have any formal background in broadcast training or education or anything else. But all of these big box box issues you talk about as a government don't require any of that. It just requires like the smallest modicum of decency and common sense. Okay, do you know why Trump ran on securing the border? Because every single guy who ever runs for office says we got to secure the border. We got to fix immigration. He ran on that because it's popular, because people want it. Okay, not because they're racist, but because the border is the front door of the house. And you close the front door at night because you just want to know who's coming in or out doesn't mean it's just there's one ethnicity you won't let in. You're not letting any ethnicity in. It's 2 in the morning. You go to bed. The house ain't open. Sorry. Random strangers can't come in. And you understand every single person that told you border walls were racist, securing the border was racist, they all secure their homes at night. Not because they're being racist, but because they just don't want the liability. So when you look at the issues we're fighting over right now, when you look at the preventable death he just discussed down in Georgia, you realize it's just all a byproduct of everybody being in Washington, OK, from that pool that doesn't require life experience. It just requires, you know, some type of passage through the halls of elite academia and a loyalty to, lo- to lobbyists and the status quo. And then you wind up with the type of a border policy that you could train an ape to know was bad. We have people
3: in
0: Washington that don't know what they're doing.
4: It's the number one show with
3: humans and animals. Nice beaver.
6: Thank you. I just had it stuffed.
3: Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
4: Come, your TV buddy. I am back on Waters World tonight in the 8 p.m. hour, myself and Jesse. The best thing about that hit, if you watch it at the end of the show, is we're always funny on the air. We have a good time. We crack each other up. But we have, like, uh, like in the three minutes before we go live on the air, we usually have the funniest conversation I have all week because it's some take on either something stupid in the news or something one of us ate or something about a live event. But it's always, like, three minutes of things we definitely can't say on the air. (laughs) So we get them out of our system. And it's one of my favorite things. Uh, about doing the show, so if you're in the market for some faila vision in the 8 p.m. hour tonight, uh, you'll see myself and Jesse Waters. Uh, we posted clips on the Fox Cross America Facebook page from some of the goings on from this Saturday night show. If you didn't see, Brett Bear is outrageously funny. Like we had a really funny hang, and he did some of his impressions, and we talked about wrestlers. Okay, Brett Baer said his favorite wrestler of all time was the Macho Man Randy Savage, which I think is a great point. Okay, uh, we play Macho Man drops on the show all the time. You're alive. No, there you go. There's the Macho Man. But uh, Brett Baer, uh was hilarious. That's on my Twitter feed, at Jimmy Fala, F-A-I-L-L-A. And if you didn't hear the news earlier, we added a gig at the Green Valley Ranch out in Nevada, July 5th, Friday night, July 5th. The pre-sale is tomorrow. If you buy tickets through stations, casinos, You can buy them tomorrow starting at 10 a.m. The code is JIMMY24. If you want to get them through Ticketmaster tomorrow at 10 a.m., it's JIMMY2024. But either way, we'll sell out fast out there in Green Valley. We love, love uh, Stations Casinos. The properties are gorgeous. They always treat me like a zillion bucks. And the crowd is, like, very swanky. Like, the crowd last year, we were there, me and Kennedy were like, what's a very good-looking crowd?
8: Hubba, hubba. It's
4: a classy casino. So, like, if you see me gambling, walking around in the show, like, I, I love hanging out there because everybody in the casino is kind of cool. Last year, we even went to the steakhouse, too, and they fed me till the Fox guy came in and took away my dessert.
3: Put that cookie
4: down now! It's rough being on TV, man. <laughs> it's fun, but, you know, you got to play some defense. Uh, but the show is over. When we get into it tomorrow... We're probably going to be leading because a new Harvard-Harris poll came out. I'm talking in the last five minutes, and who? Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Donald Trump now, for the first time in nearly five years, is now above water in favorability ratings. He is now three points in the favorable, while Biden is 11 points under water. Biden is such a disaster. I mean, if you like talk about Biden coming off the ticket, go hang out at the DNC headquarters tonight because they're going to be all over that one. Tell them like it is.